podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. My brother-in-law died suddenly, and now my sister and her kids have to sell their home. That's why I told my husband we could not put off getting life insurance any longer. An agent offered us a 10-year, $500,000 policy for nearly $50 a month. Then we called SelectQuote. SelectQuote found us identical coverage for only $19 a month, a savings of $369 a year. Whether you need a $500,000 policy or a $5 million policy, SelectQuote could save you more than 50% on term life insurance. For your free quote, go to SelectQuote.com. SelectQuote.com. That's SelectQuote.com. SelectQuote. We shop. You save. Full details on example policies at SelectQuote.com slash commercials. Hello, welcome to the five-year plan extra podcast sponsored by Miranda Jane Photography for professional unique photography of weddings and more. Go to mirandajanephotography.co.uk. Palace have drawn 0-0 with Watford and to analyse this game, uh, I'm with Selsey. Good evening. How are you? Yeah, not bad, thank you. Good, and we've got a debutante on the pod. It is Tom Maslona, who you'll know as Vince Hilaire's autobiographer. Twelve ninety nine in good bookshops. <laughs> <laughs> I knew you'd want to get that out of the way early. Um, should we tell people where they are, we are? Because they'll probably be here in the background, sort of running water. We're actually in Canary Wharf right now, aren't we? We're not not outside the ground. Because um, I've met up with you guys. Because I wasn't at the game today. I went to cover the big one, Leighton Orient versus Wrexham. At least you saw a goal. One nil. Yeah, Jeremy McEnough played very well. Former Palace legend, thirty six now he is. No, 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 they were doing the exact same chant, the exact same one. I can one. tell you a very funny story about that, actually, before we get too far, that uh, in my time when I was working inside the club around the uh, late 2000s when he was here and he was about to leave, uh, when it was clear that he was going to join, I think, Watford, actually, today's opponents at the end of that season, there were a few of the lads in the dressing room singing, Joby's had enough, had enough, Joby's had enough. <laughs> Very good, very it good. Quite creative of football. <laughs> quite witty. <wishy. laughs> football oh, people, yeah. Okay, well, speaking of things that maybe weren't... Apologies for that. Anyway, maybe things that weren't... Oh, no, I apologise, that's good. Things that weren't as creative today, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> little link there. Um, yeah. Nil-nil. Talk me through the game, because I wasn't there, but I've heard that it was... Certainly first half, it wasn't vintage, was no, it? No, I wouldn't quite call it a game of two halves, but I thought, to be honest, that we were quite surprised by their intensity at the outset. Um, it would have been easy to assume that they had nothing to play for and potentially we could go there and get three points but they were very physical and they looked up for the game and I thought we started the way we'd finished the Brighton game really I thought we were quite lethargic yeah. maybe uh, looked to me like a few of our players assumed that we'd turn up and turn on the style like we did the first half last week and uh, sort of take three points you know f- taking them for granted a little bit and it wasn't quite like that Roy Hodgson said after the game that we were bullied and certainly looked like that. They looked far physically stronger than we did. And whilst they didn't create many chances, they hit the bar with a header, um, a free header, but they certainly were dominant side. Selzy, um, how long do you want to talk about the ref for? 
because <laughs> that would determine how long this pod is. Yeah, um, he didn't have his finest game. Is Mr. Kavanagh? Is that his name? Uh, uh, I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he uh, he certainly didn't uh, make too many great calls. I mean, as Tom was alluding to there, the first half was quite difficult. It was a very feisty contest. There was sort of. Uh, no quarter given really in that respect and probably not the easiest game for him to referee there were tackles flying in all over the place and there were certainly some pretty contentious moments um, Tom and I were sort of talking in the first half that uh, we thought perhaps that uh, Akori may have been sent off because he was already on a yellow card and he confronted Wilf after he tumbled in the box and it wasn't a dive Wilf lost his balance and went down but he came over from nowhere and pushed him in the chest. And, you know, on another day, I think this is the sort of third game in a row now. We're talking about refereeing, sendings off maybe, you know, with Mane. And uh, and then last week there were Stevens and uh, potentially Dunk as well, I think. So, yeah, we've certainly not had too much good fortune in that respect. The penalty. Yeah. Sorry, Tom. Sorry, I was just going to say, to me, Watford were physical, but... I don't think they were overzealous. You know, I just thought they were a strong side, really, and they went into tackles with intensity. And certainly, first half, I'm not sure we we faced up to that. Do we not do that sometimes? Are we a bit too nice? Do you know? I, I think sometimes, um, certainly without Sacco inside and Benteke, we lack a bit of physical stature. And you know, you see that with Hennessy's kicks. He's aiming for um, Loftus Cheek out on the left. And really, without that, we don't, and I think this was part of the problem today, it simply didn't have an outlet. Um, we were talking first half, Adam and I, uh, you know, I've been saying this for a while. I think with Will Fernandes up front, if teams don't, don't play a high line, those two want to spin and turn and, and, and play in behind them. But sometimes we need someone to hold the ball up and, and bring others into play and give, give us possession. And uh, quite simply, we couldn't get out of the half today. Um, just on the penalty, I've got a friend who lives locally to me, because obviously I live in Watford territory, who texts me after the game, Watford fan, I won't name him, because he is quite well known. And, um, well, on John, is it? <laughs> no. He you can tell everybody if he texted you. <laughs> you imagine that. Um, and he said it was a penalty on Wilf. And bear in mind how much Watford fans hate Wilf. Mm. And I'm sure you'll tell me there was animosity towards Wilf today. I'm sure there yeah, was. For him to say that was a penalty... And Wolf got booked for it. I mean, that's a fairly poor decision. Uh, it, was, uh, it was at the other end of the pitch, but I clearly remember turning around to Adam and said, it's a penalty. You did, and instinctively. You yeah, said, and you, know, you look at Wolf's reaction and you know, we're Palace fans and, and we'd automatically, we think we know the lad. And yeah. he's turned around and, and he, feel, he looked as if he was hard done by. And subsequently we've watched it on some highlights and, and he was, his legs were taken. You know, it was quite blatant, really. And it's disappointing because he's got this reputation and I think it's unjust. Yeah. And actually, I think um, sides are using it to try and disrupt his rhythm and get a bit of an, uh, of an advantage and try and scupper our best player, really. And I think, you know, whether the refs played on that. To me, I thought the ref was OK first half, but I thought he was a little bit weak second half and he let a lot of things go. And um, I wonder whether he went with the crowd there. I feel like didn't that happen last year? Didn't Wilf get a not get a penalty last year as well? I think we got one, didn't we? Didn't Ben Teching miss one last year? Because he, he got fouled. Day, yeah. I feel like Britos fouled Wilf. Oh, at maybe. Some point. Yeah, I think there was one, and there was another one. Yeah, you could be right. And that was the same game when Harry memory. Hornet then did a little dive yeah, in front of, yeah, front of Wilf. It. Yeah, I mean, it was a shame that the penalty wasn't given when it was because 
we were actually in the ascendancy at that point and we'd taken a while to get going it was a, a slow start but the game was bitty really there was plenty of kick fight and bite like I said so it became a very uh, it was a very stop start the contest really there wasn't a lot of rhythm to the oh. game in the first half you wouldn't say um, but they were sort of the better side and, and, and on top that said you know it wasn't as if Wayne Hennessy was flying around the goal making save after save you know they did they he make hit, any? Uh, one actually nearly an own goal from John Ward um, but they hit the angle of the bar and post uh, with the header that Tom was uh, referring to but I said to Tom if we get in at half time no two halves will be the same as, as it was with Brighton last week and I think you know, hopefully we'll be able to change a few things around. What was surprising is that Roy didn't really change too much around, but we did find our way into the game. And you know, at the time, we were sort of talking about with a sort of quarter of the game left, would you change it? And we were sort of saying, well, actually, we look more likely here, and we might do it. I don't know if the change will will work for us. And eventually, um, Benteke was utilised uh, at the expense of MacArthur, but uh, it didn't really have any big effect no. again on the game or or make a lot of difference. But we, we did have a real go second half, hit the woodwork twice ourselves, you know, the Wilfred penalty. So in the end, you could argue you'd come away a little bit disappointed. But as we said before, there's no bad away point in the Premier League. Yeah. And... Sam Allardyce and his famous respect the point routine and I know that was sort of much talked about but it you know again it's a useful point I did um, I did a few words for Richard Cawley from the South London Press this week and said that Roy's way is to sort of you know inch by inch by inch find the way and I think that's the way we're going to sort of get over the line I you know we're just going to sort of inch our way win draw whatever it is and 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 you know trickle over the line really I think and I'll ask you that in the second half actually how you feel about that um, uh, Selby touched on Ward there Tom <laughs> I know you wanted to talk about Wardy because I'm slightly surprised he was in I thought maybe Wambasaka might have been he's a friend of mine <laughs> I thought Wambasaka might have been back in but sounds like Wardy didn't have a brilliant game no he was, <laughs> he was pretty poor uh, particularly in the first half yeah. um, and he got an early booking and I think at that stage you know you'd got short odds on him getting sent off potentially I think he was getting turned inside out, and was it Pereira got yeah, taken very off? Very decent up against him um, in the first and half. And actually, did Joel Ward a bit of a favour. Uh, to me, Roy Hodgson's created a bit of a rod for his own back because he's brought him back. And, you know, he queried that decision, and people have been talking about the intensity of the derby, and the reason he came back was for that because of his experience. But to me, it doesn't make sense because when Basaka's played against potentially four of the best teams in the, in the Premiership and, and covered himself in glory, and if he can do that and I think he can play against Brighton at home yeah. um, then Not I think well no I'm talking <laughs> about last week you know and the simple fact is for Roy then to drop Joel after last week he'd been admitting a mistake and I think he's got a similar problem now you know if he if he drops Joel Ward after today and I think he was poorer today than he was last week he's basically saying maybe I got this wrong yeah. and, and I wonder whether he's prepared to do that because I certainly think that Wan-Bissaka offers more defensively in terms of stopping crosses and certainly offensively too. Yeah, I would agree with that, even though I wasn't there today. Speaking of Roy then, let's hear what Roy thought um, of today's uh, 0-0 draw at the Vicarage Road.
quite happy with the point, especially after our first half performance when I thought that the the aggression and the determination of the, the Watford side and you know the, the, the pace at which they played, the the desire to pressurise the ball and to get in front of their uh, the person they were marking if there was any chance to do so. I thought we came in at half time nil nil and hanging on and, and rather lucky to be coming in at nil nil. Fortunately for me, the players sorted themselves out in that half-time interval and I thought our second-half performance was so much better. It looked as if the players were already deep in discussion even before they got to the dressing room at half-time. Yes, I don't know, but they... Uh, we, we certainly didn't we, see the best of your team, did we, in the opening 45, as you've oh, alluded absolutely, to? Absolutely not, absolutely not, but perhaps you did in the second half, mm. where I think we were rather unlucky not to get the goal which would have won us the game. But, uh, you know... We're not interested in lots of discussions between players. We, we're more interested in one voice and one voice being sort of listened to and uh, hopefully whatever's said being acted upon by the players. These games are all, all so important. I suppose it's inevitable at times things may get a little tetchy out there. and it, it did today, didn't it, here and there? Yes, it did. But I mean, that's because we're playing against a very physical team and it asked a lot of questions of the referee. And, uh, you know, I, I don't actually know this referee. It's, it's not the referee that's refereed any of our games up to now. And I think it was a very, very difficult game for him. Um, and as a result, unfortunately, you know, when, when people are maybe not getting the free kicks that they think they should get, there is a degree of tetchiness creeps in. Um, but luckily it didn't spill over. Uh, and the yellow cards were, were not that numerous. Do you think it was, a, it was a testing afternoon for, for Wilfred Zaha, for example, today? Because, as usual, he was um, you know, uh, given close attention by the opposition, but also in terms of a test of his, his temperament because of everything going on around him from the crowd, for example. Well, he's got, he'd have to get used to that in all the away matches. You know, he, he is used to it. We, <laughs> we get it all the time because you know, he was given a reputation which uh, he absolutely doesn't deserve. But, of course, once that rumour spreads that this is a player who is a cheat and is not the honest player that he actually is. Unfortunately, the crowd latch on to those things because, you know, the crowd are led by the things they read, hear and see. Um, but I thought he did exceptionally well in the second half in particular to A, keep his head, to B, create the chances that he did for us. And on another day, uh, it's our opinion, of course, and you know, I'm, I hope that I'm not going to be too one-eyed about this. I hope that when other people see it, they'll they'll agree with me. On another day, I think he would have won us the penalty, which could quite easily have been us all three points. You mentioned at the start of the interview, it's it's another point. They all count. Who knows? This might be decisive come Ooh. the end of the season. But it's it's in your hands, isn't it, with three to play? And I guess when you took over, you'd have settled for that. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean. The, we were always rather hoping we thought it might go down to the very last game. It might still. But, I mean, the interesting thing that at one stage we were eight points adrift from the team which was outside the relegation zone. Now, at this moment in time, although there's games in hand, we're as many as six points clear of the, the team there. So you've got to be very satisfied with that. And the last three games, two of them at Sellers Park, we get fantastic support and help there. So really and truly, it's up to us now to not take this opportunity. And I think it was important today that, you know, we this was another opportunity for us to get ourselves clear of the relegation zone. We didn't take it fully but at least we took it partially and we keep ourselves alive and we keep uh, the run of three games unbeaten going. And if we can stay unbeaten between now and the end of the season, it could well be enough.
Welcome back to the Five Year Plan Extra podcast. Um, after Palace have drawn 0-0 with Watford at Vicarage Road, this pod is sponsored by Miranda Jane Photography for professional, unique photography of weddings and more. Go to mirandajanephotography.co.uk. Um, obviously, I wasn't on the Extra pod last week. Uh, Andy was in my place. Yeah, well, we got roundly criticised on the BBS. Well, I saw this by is the thing. One or two. For, I was accused of being too negative and downcast after beating Brighton and Hove Albion. I actually said we had the best half we played in the Premier League in five seasons. Not enough. So, obviously, <laughs> I, I apologise for, for any listeners that I offended, or by the sound of the uh, lawnmowers on the pitch. And so, uh, unfortunately, we don't control that either. So I was going to say today, if you weren't upbeat enough last week, do you need to be super upbeat this week after that, or do you need to be super downbeat? Oh, obviously th- neither. I thought it was okay, to be honest. I thought we did fine. And... Again, very Roy, you know, in the sense that, you know, referring back to that piece I did a couple of days ago, Roy is sort of reassuring in his way, and that was the way I described him. He sort of reassures me. He's very methodical, and he does everything from the bottom up. And I'd said then that the game against Chelsea was the catalyst. He'd had two weeks to work with the players and it showed. We went from no chance, seven defeats, not scoring a goal to beating the league champions. Uh, the two favourite sons, of course, were back that day in the side, and that made a difference to the atmosphere. But Roy really, inch by inch, bit by bit, has sort of turned it around. And the reason it's reassuring is that you know it's it's solid. The foundation. It's not you know a new manager bounce for three games where he came in and you know roused the <coughs> troops Pardon. for a little bit and then they ended up <laughs> steady on you <laughs> you're obviously uh, listening to too many <laughs> quotes coming from West Bromwich Albion in, re- <laughs> in recent weeks but yeah I, you know in, in that way that it he, he doesn't he just sort of gets on with it doesn't he no fuss no must win games no no hullabaloo with Roy it's all you know get me the balls let's get on the pitch let's make the team better let's make the players better and you know that you know most weeks we're really in the game and we're in and nobody's sort of rolling us over very easily we're not so easy to play against and and we've got a threat and just bit by bit by bit in his own way it's a real you know my money's on him doing it for us and us surviving touchwood and you know, I think he'll deserve a lot of credit for that. He really will. Um, Tom, obviously, you and I both know that Selzy is very level-headed when it comes to, <laughs> to these things. I but could that, be more emotional. That <laughs> seems to upset people as well. Some people like it, some don't. But actually, the yeah. more you hear from Roy, the more you see him in pressers and talking, it's actually very easy. You realise that Roy is very level-headed. Mm. And actually, it's quite easy to be similar with that, isn't it? Because that's exactly the way he does things. Yeah. Listen, I'm, I'm slightly different to Adam. I uh, massively respect him and I feel confident we'll stay up and he's a steady hand in the tiller. Um, he clearly knows what he's doing. I love um, how level-headed he is in, co- in um, press conferences and the like. He's massively experienced. Um, his conservatism frustrates me. Um, On the pitch? Uh, just, yeah, in terms of his decision-making. Um, today he frustrated me in the sense that I wonder whether he, he looks at the opposition and thinks maybe the system that we've utilised in the past couple of games isn't appropriate for, for today's game, today's opposition, a big physical side. We need an outlet. Maybe this is the game that you have Benteke back in and go 4-5-1, an extra body in midfield. The thing that frustrates me, Jim, is, and I was saying to Adam, to me in football, you put square pegs in square holes. 
and I see Wilf and Andros as wide players. Uh, Loftus-Cheek to me is a perfect number 10. Um, you get the most out of those players in their best positions and I think, and Adam you know, would refute this or counter this by saying that we've got most points in that system, which is true. But um, I actually agree with you in everything you've said, but the, the facts are that we've earned more points doing it the other yeah, way. You you know, know, that, that's all I'm saying to you. I think Loftus-Cheek's a number 10. I'd like us to play 4-2-3-1 yeah, you know, with, with Wilf, uh, Ruben and uh, Andros Townsend yeah. and, and a, and a centre-forward. But I've got to, that's what I'm saying to you. You've got to give Roy credit no, no, because no, no. He's, he's actually... You know, I don't see Ruben Loftus-Cheek as a wide left player or... Or Andros Townsend as a, as a forward, really, but he's he's worked and he's I, done very very well with it. I would count at a counter by saying that I think you know <laughs> how I many counters we have for. But I th- you know, I would argue that with with the players now fully fit again, yeah. and bearing in mind the opposition we've been playing in the last few weeks, I think playing a four five one four two three one, whatever you want to call it, yeah. I think we'd probably get the same amount of points, if not more. You know, and uh, even if you're going to play a flat four in midfield. Play Loftus-Cheek on his good foot, play him on the right and sacrifice MacArthur and play him on the left. I think you get more offensively that way. Um, I, I just wonder, I think he's a little bit set in stone sometimes. I mean, um, obviously me. he's, had, he's been dictated by injuries and that's why yeah. he's done that, but it feels like he's sort of used the injuries to play one system and then just sort of stuck with it. Yeah. Okay. Can, I, can I talk to you about... Uh, the Sacco- book? Oh, no, not the book. It's <laughs> we'll, 12 99 <laughs> We will. We will. Um, Sacco and Tompkins... Yeah. who played together today again and according this is from football365.com that I was looking at quickly before you guys turned up they've played 10 times together in the Premier League Palace have never lost when, when that central defensive partnership has started winning 7 and drawing 3 conceded just 7 goals in 898 minutes on the pitch that's one every, one, one every 128 minutes that, that's an impressive stat isn't it well and are they, are they our first choice now at the moment, you'd have to say so, wouldn't you? But I think any team is is built on solid foundations. Being hard to beat is part one, because you must be hard to beat in order to achieve results. And whereas Tom's... I'm going to counter Tom's counter and counter it again. <laughs> it's um, like Inception. Yeah, I was going to say, we don't normally have so much controversy on here. People <laughs> oh, arguing with me and refuting my comments. <laughs> How very dare you. Um, no, I, I totally see where he's coming from and I don't disagree but you know it's very easy to say from from our position when the responsibility is yours as it is with Roy caution is always when you're near the bottom of the league and every point is vital you know some I think I, I don't know if I mentioned this on here a couple of weeks ago about Aaron Wan-Bissaka and again you know I'm not with Roy on that one I would play him at the moment and I wouldn't have taken him out of the team again um but somebody said to me, oh, you know, he's only been here all season, you know, all this amount of years. Why haven't we used him before and so on? Well, in all honesty, when you have more experienced players and you're in a relegation battle, you're probably not going to take that risk. And the risk was forced upon Roy. And, it, and you know, OK, it's worked out great. But I don't think he can be criticised for not taking too many risks because we're just not in a position at the moment where every point is so vital that we can take too many chances and you know I understand all of the points raised and the frustrations in that sense and everybody you know certainly a few fans around us today were screaming for substitutions and so on but again like last week I'm not sure it necessarily made us better or 
or, or helped us or advanced us in any way. So, again, it's it's understandable, but football fans also, to a degree, they always want what they haven't got, really. So, uh, Tom actually made me chuckle, he said, because they're screaming for Ben Teke. The first time his first touch is a bit loose, they'll be screaming for him to go off. <laughs> and sure enough, within two minutes... Uh, He's tied one on his knee. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say. <laughs> and it was, you know, what's he doing? At time? But, you know, I, I do... I, I mean, I've experienced that firsthand, you know, for working in football, you know you hear coaches that are frustrated with players and he won't play for me again and four weeks later they're the messiah and they're going to rescue the season. And yeah. So, I, I, you know, perhaps where I don't have this radical nature about writing people off or ruling things in or out is because I'm prepared to be sold to by anybody and I think I feel that way generally. You know, if somebody can convince me and, and there are players... I, <laughs> I think when you're talking about footballers, you have a, you have two ways of looking at it, and I, I do. There are players I really rate, and there are players sometimes who I'm not so big on, but are having a purple patch of form, and I'm willing to 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 let that ride because if they're showing me something that 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 they're banging form and you know they deserve it. I mean, I'm thinking back, you know, maybe. Even in Trevor Francis is here. We had Tommy Black playing up front for a spell, and he had this terrific run where he couldn't stop scoring. But yeah. I don't think too many people ever believed he'd really ever become our first choice forward pairing, real part of it. You know, it, but that's what I'm saying to you. You have to accept that you know he's going well, and also the culture in a football club. I'm I'm one that believes that possession is nine tenths of the law, and that if you if you're having a 25 man squad or bigger, as we have with the younger players. You know, you must keep everyone on side, and everybody must be seen to to have a chance. You know, or must be, you know, given the opportunity to earn their place if they get their chance. And I, I think if you don't have that, and I think this was a failing of Alan Pardew that he went back to a default eleven players nearly every single time everybody was fit. And some people could argue, well, that's our first choice team. But if you're winning the week before, I think I think in that first period he took over we went to Burnley and we were 2-0 down early on and 1-3-2 and I think Gailey scored a couple yep. of goals yep. Last minute, we left him out of the team for the next game at home to Everton and we got beat 1-0 yep. you know that sort of thing I don't I don't go with whether or not he thought Dwight Gale was his first choice option you know I, I think you have to stick with it and give the guy the shirt when he's scoring the goals and I, I and I've always that's just my own view not not Roy's or or I just think that if you want to keep everybody happy everybody must be given their chance to stake their claim and hang on to it you know that's fair enough um, Tom I'm looking at the table and we're on 35 points with three games left Saints have got a game in hand but they're on 29 in 18th Stoke on 28 with a game in hand as well squeaky bum time I don't think it. Well, the thing is, I don't think it is squeaky bomb time. I think it's You're not old enough. Clearly, I think it's yeah. co- comfortable bomb. Can you tell time, him about Oldham again, Tom? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I know, I know. I've heard about Oldham, but I mean, really, li- looking at that, it, we should be all right, shouldn't we? It's funny. I don't want to come across as stato, but um, <laughs> I, I was waiting for Selzy and I had a look at Southampton's remaining fixtures. Can I just cut in there that for the listeners that aren't able to see this? Uh, Tom is wearing paisley pyjamas and thick rim glasses <laughs> we'll take a photo um, I think Southampton could potentially get nine more points wow um, they've got four games I think the only one that's unwinnable 
potentially is Man City. They've got Man City at home, but even then, on the last, last game of the season, season, you know, funny things happen. Yeah. So, I, I, you know, I looked at their fixtures and I could ah, see them help. getting nine points. If that's the case, you know, you wanted us winning today. Yeah. I think Leicester at home is one of those teams where they've got pace up front. You'd like to think we could beat them at home. They're a very good side, though, and they shouldn't be underestimated. You know, got no. some top players, haven't they? Mares, Vardy. I, I, I guess you know, what I'm it's saying not is an easy game, is it? I guess what I'm saying is I don't think it is done. I wow, think you know, I, I, I felt coming into today's game that um, we need one more win. Andy Street's been very relaxed for about six months. Um, I'll be because he's always on holiday. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's true. I'll, I'll be very relaxed when we win one more game, or yeah. Saints lose one or two. The Andy Street. Uh, followers please don't keep biting that's all I'll take to you <laughs> um, ok well good uh, this is a, a nice relaxing pod although I'm a bit cold I should have brought yeah. a jumper um, Tom before we go tell us an update on, on the book it's been out for a bit we've yeah. uh, gave a few away to I our listeners I think you to plug it Tom because you haven't so far have you have you, mentioned, you haven't mentioned it have you <laughs> it's called Vince yeah. uh, it's about a palace player called Vince Allaire. Yeah, I've heard of him yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, in all seriousness um, probably took about a year all, all told from start to finish um, but I got to know Vince uh, for a few years before I wrote the book and literally my girlfriend and I were on the table with him at a wedding and she doesn't like football and she got chatted to him and we left the wedding and she said to me he's really interesting and uh, I've sort of written for the programme before um, a couple of other publications and I'd said to her I'd love to write a book I said why don't you ring him up and I did on a whim and uh, he said, yeah, all right, let's try. Yeah. And we gave it a go, you know. And it's my first book. I'm sure there's plenty of things that people will read and think, oh, that could have been done better. But, you know, I'm proud of it. I think Vince is. And, you know, he, to me, he was one of my first heroes at Palace. Um, you know, for the, for the modern listener, he's very similar to Zaha yeah. in terms of style. Um, it was really exciting. And I think the th- thing with Vince that stood out for me was I first went in 81. And the Palace side from 81 onwards till he left in 84 was a weak side. So Vince was sort of, you know, a bit like Star Wars, Ben Kenobi, the only hope, you know. <laughs> and I remember the, the excitement whenever he got on the ball. Um, so he was, he was a big hero of mine and uh, I just sort of felt that... Did you it, just miss off David Price there when you said that? <laughs> yeah, and Brian Basson. But I, I sort of felt with Vince that he, he was a classic Palace player and he's a bit of a cult footballer to people who aren't even Palace fans. And I always thought that you know, maybe a book by, on him would be well received. So hopefully it will be. Hopefully. Where can people get it from? Uh, they can get it straight from the publishers, which is Bite Back Publishing, from their website or Amazon. Um, or other good bookshops, really. I know it sounds corny, but <laughs> Waterstones, I went in there in Croydon the other day to check that it's in there, and it is. Uh, <laughs> so people aren't buying it. Or from the club shop. Um, it's twelve ninety nine. So if you can buy it, then great. Fantastic. Good man. Top stuff. Um, well, thanks for being on the pod. Cheers, Jim. Thank you. Definitely get you on again. And Selzy, you can come on again, I guess, at some point. Yeah, well, just better. It's got to be more upbeat next time. No, I was going to say, saying it was our best half <laughs> isn't good enough. Not enough. But I've not actually ever called negative or downcast, so I was a little bit surprised by that. But hey, can't please all of the people all of the time. Some of the people, some of the time. Believe me, I I'll know. Just that. try and be honest and straightforward and, uh, and rational. Maybe they need more weddings and more funerals. Huh? <laughs> yeah, maybe. We meet Brighton, that's all that matters. Huh? <laughs> Good stuff, thanks for being on. Uh, yes, so thanks for listening. The full pod will be with you this week, so look out for that. And uh, yeah, keep the faith. We're nearly over the line. Hopefully, we can do it next week. See you next soon. See you next soon. See you soon. Bye.
It's time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at penfed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. Sports Social Podcast Network.